Hi, friends. Welcome to the Bar of the Conference. I'm your host, Derek Scott III. Today's episode is with Shandon Klein. Shandon is a General Conference lay delegate in the North Texas Conference. She's a certified candidate for ministry, and she's also pursuing a doctoral degree in religious ethics. She and her husband, Shane, have two dogs and a cat. Now, you'll hear me say this in the episode, and it is just my opinion. But I believe Shandon is one of the faces that represents the future of the United Methodist Church. I loved listening to her story of stumbling into the UMC, discovering her call to ministry, and finding her place in the shaping of our denomination. I was inspired by her passion for the church. And in all of it, I feel like she represents, yes, the church that is today but also the church that we are becoming for tomorrow. So, you know what I always say, grab a notebook and a choice beverage because you're gonna be inspired by the wonderful Shannon Klein. Shandon, I got to thank you for joining me on the podcast, you know, primarily because you're great and I'm just so excited that you're here, but also the amount of time that it's been since I asked you to be on the podcast and this actual interview, it's just a few hours. So (laughs) I'm really, really grateful that you said yes and we're ready to jump right in and just get in the bar of the conference vibe. So really, really grateful that you're here. Um, you and I met, um, gosh, I think it was the, was it the briefing? I feel like it was. Yes. I think it was Nashville. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and we get to do a ton of talking because there was a, a lot of talking happening around us. But I remember meeting you there. And then somehow we just kept bumping into each other in these different spaces, which is weird because right after that was COVID. But we kept right? bumping into each other somehow. And I just have found you to be a dynamic human being with so much spirit. Um, and and I... I often think about the future of our church and and this is this is weird and I'm going to ask you this question later but I often think about the future of our church and you're you're one of the faces that comes up first. Oh um, wow. Not, that and, means so much. Well, and wow. it's not to say that you're not leading right now which you are and that's that's mm-hmm. some of the stuff we're going to talk about but I do I think about where we're headed and you're one of those faces. So really really grateful you're here. Oh, wow. Um and want to just take this opportunity to hear kind of how you got into United Methodism, because that's just stuff that I've never known. Yeah. So how, you're you're in North Texas Conference, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's, what city are you serving in right now? Um, I'm serving in Richardson. Um, so I'm at um, First UMC Richardson right now, and that's where I'm on staff right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as a layperson. As moment, a layperson. Come right through. now. Yeah, I'm like, I, I went to seminary, so I'm all done with that. It's just, I'm a lay person right now. So I'm in that, that in between, not, not in between to where I have like a pastor license. Nope, I don't have that because then I wouldn't be lay. 
you know? Mm, that's right. So, <laughs> but yes, I, I preach every now and then. So I still do that. So well, it's, a, it's a mix. <laughs> on behalf of the laity, we are grateful to hold on to you for a few more years. Oh, Very gosh. grateful. But tell me, how how did you, how did God's provenient grace lead you into the United Methodist Church? Oh, Derek, that in itself is a really interesting story. So I grew up Episcopalian. Um, and so I, I mean, you know, I grew up like in, in the church, like just, you know, smells and bells, right? Like very traditional, um, you know, crossing ourselves, you know, like really, really tiny, tiny church in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and um, that, that was, you know, a main staple in my life, you know, went uh, to church every Sunday, went to Sunday school, you know, came back, um, pretty much memorized the Book of Common Prayer because we said the same things every single Sunday. <laughs> um, but I'll say when I went into college, you know, um, and like I moved away for college, uh, I didn't really <laughs> the way that the theology worked was like God's up there. And as long as I'm a good person, like, you know, I come to God for the things that, you know, I need, you know, like God comes through and provides, you know, the things that we need when we're in trouble, you know, like they're ever present help, you know, mm -hmm. that type of mm -hmm. um, thing or whatever. But I didn't really necessarily think of a God with me. Um, I just was like, oh, you know, just be a good person. Cool. You know, um, I can do that. I don't need to go to church to do that. So mm. I didn't. Um, but it wasn't until my, um, my granddad became really ill with cancer and, um, I just started feeling that hole in my heart. Like I needed a... I needed that space to be able to like, to connect some way um, spiritually, religiously. I'm like, well, maybe like, I just need to get back to church. Cause I, I wasn't, you know, in my hometown when I was in college. Um, so it's like, I think that it was kind of that way to still connect to home, <laughs> so to speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I went church shopping mm -hmm. and I was like, um, well, if I get to go in church shop, I might as well find something that fits my schedule. It's so <laughs> I was looking for the churches that were meeting at night on mm -hmm. Sunday. You yeah. know, like I was like, I'm not trying to get up. That college life, I get it. I get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, like, um, and I honestly, I, you know, I at this point I was done with um with college, I, you know, graduated um my undergrad, um, came down to Texas, um, and um, we're just looking for churches, right? And um, came across um, a few different options, um, you know, played around with different options. One of the things that was really important for me was to find um, an inclusive church um, to be a part of. Um, I didn't necessarily need there to be like rainbows all over walls or anything like that, but I wanted it to be a space that if I, like if my mom were to come in, that she would feel welcome mm -hmm. and, you know, that like, and not have like a side eye at her, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, so it's, 
Um, but I, that was a big piece that I was looking for. And so, um, like I had, you know, searched different names that are like her, like open and affirming and things like that. I'm like, okay, well, let's just look at these different things. And I remember um, when I had first uh, come to first Richardson, I remember seeing the um, the Methodist um, things Cross like open hearts. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. like open hearts, open doors. Yeah. Open, open hearts, like, open minds, open, open, minds, open doors. doors. That's right. Yeah, open, yeah. open hearts, open minds, open doors. I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, that's cool. It's meeting at, you know, at, I think it was like five o'clock on Sundays. And um, we were kind of interested in like contemporary worship. Um, and we're like, all right, go ahead and try it out. So went in, um, this was relatively close to like when my, um, my granddad was really declining. And I just remember, um, like, of course, just the warmness of everybody there, but um, just that, like, people really wanted to get to know me, that I didn't really feel like a number in their space. Um, it was a small number of people, but um, me, I absolutely adore music. Music is, like, a thing for me. Um, yeah very picky about my music. But when I went in the space and, and everything started, like it was the first time I actually felt the Holy Spirit wow. in church before. Like I didn't know what that felt like. Like it was just, I found myself like weeping and like actually listening to the words and having them like affect me and like, this just profound way um, that I, the only way that I can explain it is just feeling like the Holy Spirit <laughs> for the first time, which was um, pretty, pretty insane. Mm, um, mm. But I remember um, my, my, uh, the pastor that was there, um, you know, like would, be um was talking and you know oh we'd love to see you again and you know the really super nice of course um asked me what my name was that and so i'm like yeah i'm like i really enjoy that and the music was amazing and so i'm like yeah let's let's go there again and when i went there again like both the um the person who was welcoming and the pastor they remembered me by name like Oh, right. hey, Shannon, it's so great to see. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> like you remember my, like, actual name? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I, mm. you know, when you go to a church, usually they're like, oh, hey, girl. But, like, really, like, the first time back, and it was, there was, like, some space in between, right? Mm. And they um, they were like, oh, yeah, I remember you're like you were studying for the MCAT and everything. Right. How is that going? Like they remembered the the pastor themselves remembered those little things about me when we were just talking. And like um, and I had I'd never really experienced that before. Um, of course, when you grow up in a church like everybody knows you anyway. Right. <laughs> so, um, but here, like, you know, even when I was church shopping, like I didn't have like something that felt that intimate and close to where I'm like, Oh, this person actually like cares about my welfare outside of this space and all of this. And so, mm -hmm. um, so that drew me in. 
Um, and there was this sermon that um, that he did um, that talked about, um, like, it was actually just one of those throwaway sentences, right? Like, he was talking about a, cer a certain book of the Bible, and he's just like, you know what, like, um, you know, don't take don't take my word for it, but actually you should read this chapter like in your leisure, like on your own and see if this, uh, see what you get from it. And that was the first time I had ever heard a preacher actually even talk about us as like people in the congregation going to read in like interpret the Bible ourselves. Like I was used to, okay, we listen to the sermon and they, like whatever the sermon, the the priest is saying is how it's supposed to be interpreted. Like I didn't have any role in that. Right. I'm like, wait, I can have a role in that. <laughs> what yeah. does this look like? Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. And as like, especially for my scientific brain, my background is in the sciences and I love analysis and all of that. I'm like, wait, like we can do that with the Bible. That's like, cool. It's yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, so I started to learn at least a little bit about, you know, th this tradition that I had just happened to walk into and I, I I, I was not looking for any specific denomination. I was I just saw a church. I'm like, oh, cool, it's a church. Let's see if they're gonna mm -hmm. say like say something that hits that, that hits me. Um, but I ran into Methodism that way, and I yeah. I'm so grateful for it. Um, I haven't looked back <laughs> since. Um, wow. that, that quadrilaterals got me for sure. <laughs> wow, Shannon, I just I was like journeying with you as you're like walking in and, and just that that first like downbeat just like hitting you and, and oh yeah. that downbeat <laughs> so I'm like uh -huh. it's always the downbeat wow mm -hmm. and I and I think it's it, it's it's profound because I do think um I think that's the experience of many people when they um are at a very specific place in their lives and 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 God meets them in a space in a room with a group of people, but I think it's also important because um, sometimes because you know the United Methodist Church has been around for a minute, we we forget or we we wonder is that still happening? Oh, it's happening! Right, oh, like yes. it's happening. And I, oh, it's it, happening! <laughs> listen, my my little local church here in Jacksonville, Florida. It happened this morning for someone, mm. and and that and and just so it's just beautiful to hear that it's still happening. It is oh, still yes. happening. So clearly, you 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 roll into this United Methodist Church. And, no nothing. No nothing about a United what it meant. But at you all. get drawn <laughs> into this thing, mm -hmm. and somehow that leads, and you come in as a college student. So. Yeah, right? like I well, I like I had just well, I had just finished my undergrad and I was going yeah. into my master's, my first master's. Wow. <laughs> so, so take us, you know, maybe a, just a, a straight shot because I'm sure that there's many, yeah. many stops along the way. But take us to call to ministry and, and oh. recognizing that that you've got a. It's not just oh, I get to 
I get to actually read the Bible for myself, and but like I actually get to be a part of this. How did you? Ooh. What was that call? Yeah, that's funnier. <laughs> um, so, um, one of the um, like that. This is kind of a, another journeying piece. So my my granddad passes away. Um, in the midst of that, I was connected to um, Stephen Ministry. Um, and for those who don't yeah. know what Stephen Ministry is, it's um, kind of a lay led, um, honestly, lay led ministers who really walk you through grief and, um, you know, like <laughs> kind of those accessible things of um, having that Christian, um, I, I'd say like that christian person to help walk you through those grief stricken times in your life there is like yeah. kind of those crisis moments yeah that yeah. are in your life that don't necessitate like a doctor or things like that mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. um um it's a very very helpful for pastors you know um especially when there's a lot of people in the congregation right right um but it's you're usually matched with somebody who's gone through something similar um and it was um this older woman um and like i was just so blown away of how just her mere presence was just like the light of christ you know like for just for like and all she was doing she was just listening and being there she's the best prayer ever I was like, how do you, how do you do this? You know, like, and just, I'm like, that, I'm like, that'd be kind of cool to be that for somebody like, you know, just in general, just to do that. Um, I didn't think anything of it. Um, my, my main goal was to try and become the pediatric heart surgeon thing. Like that's what I was, you know, trying to get into. Um, so um, at the, time I was, you know, there as a congregant um, at First Richardson, and um, I was in a position that was, that just had a boss that was really emotionally abusive. And um, I ended up um, just <laughs> like in the car, crying out to God, just being like, is this what you want for me? Or is there something else um, that you're wanting me to do, you know? Um, and the first, it was for the first time I listened back for an answer, <laughs> you know? Um, mm. It was like the way I usually talked with God, it was really one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I never really necessarily listened back. Um, and I just, you know, just heard, you know, when I say heard, I like kind of like felt in my spirit, kind of had these thoughts um, that didn't really seem like they were from myself of just like, no, I, I don't want this for you. Hmm. And I like I called Shane on the phone. I'm sure Shane remembers the call hmm. like on on my lunch break. <laughs> and Shane, like, Shane is Shane is Shane, is, Shane is my husband. husband yeah, yeah, just want to make sure we're all. Yes, yes, Shane's my husband. And I was just like, babe, like I don't, I don't think, um, I'm called to like, or not called to this. I was just like, I don't think that God wants me to be in this situation right now, and like with this job, and 
Shane, bless his heart, he's just like, you know what? Hey, I'm here to support you um, and whatever you decide, I'm, I'm here for you, um, like whatever you need. And, you know, hung up with him, you know, I'm in tears and all of that. And I'm just like, all right, God, I am going to step out on faith and trust that this is you. And um, I did something that was completely out of my character. <laughs> um, I walked into that boss's office and said that this is going to be my last day. I didn't have a backup. I just was like, I'm just going on God and seeing what happens. So I'm like, I was like, all right, I'm just going to look for some part-time jobs in the meantime, mm -hmm. go and do that. And my pastor, um, who I had gotten really close with, um, uh, about, it was actually six months later from when I did that, says, hey, um, we have this position that's coming up at the church for assistant director of welcoming um, that's coming up. Um, it's a part-time position. I know that you've been looking for part-time positions. Um, is it something that you might be interested in applying for? And I'm just like, sure. You know, like, and then the, I would know the person who was my boss and I'm like, well, that'd be cool. You know, like at least it'd be, you know, at church alike, I'm like, hey, I could do that. And he's like, I th like, I think you'd be great. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll apply. Um, and you know, by the grace of God, I ended up getting it. Oh, Derek, I tell you, day one slash day two, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most fulfilling thing I have ever done in my entire life. I bet, I bet. Wow. And then I was like. Oh, this is the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done in my entire life. What does that mean? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. because like for like over 15 years, I had like this specific thing in mind of how I was going to serve God. Like I was going to be a mm -hmm. pediatric heart surgeon. I was going to go and help kids with their hearts. Just like one helped mine. Um, and like, th so this was a wrench in things, right? <laughs> so like, and so, um, like, uh, like moving forward with that, there were, um, I ended up um, helping out with the modern worship ministry, helping them on their worship team, helping them to, um, so kind of go over some like rebranding um, type of um, things and we got to where we um, were um, doing opening day on um, the new space for modern worship um, at our church, which was just an amazing thing. Um, like it, it was amazing. We had like a kind of a core group of 70 people um, within our church and we were able to be in the space on that Wednesday night before. And um like just to be in the space and pray over one another. Um, and uh, the next Sunday when we welcomed, there were 427 people who showed up in space <laughs> for opening day. And um, again, teary <laughs> remembering it. And geez, the Holy Spirit was just so thick, so incredibly thick. I'm just like, wow. I... I don't know what this is, but like, I 
need to be a part of like this, like this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know what that was. Um, but in the series, um, my pastor talked about his call to ministry. And ironically, he too was in a scientific industry hmm. and ended up getting the call to ministry and said that it was the most fulfilling thing he had ever done in his entire life. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, um, maybe that might be what God's kind of like, you know, chipping on me with. And so like through talking with him and talking with um, the other co-pastor there um, who broke me in their sermon that of, are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? Mm, oh, mm, I was mm. like, yep, that broke me. And I was just like, um, Julie, you're like, we're going to need to talk because I think I'm getting, I have a call to ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a call to ministry. I think I have a, oh, I think I have a call to ministry. It was like, it, it was just kind of like, you know, like, are you a fan? You know, just going like, but like, um, or are you willing to go through the trials that that Jesus did, that Jesus walked? Yeah. I'm like, I, I doing this ministry thing, especially the ordained ministry route, like it is way easier to be a scientist or a surgeon than it is to do ministry. Like way easier. <laughs> <laughs> way easier. <laughs> like um, like there's everything's so prescribed or whatever, but like, like when you're dealing with people's like soul, like they're like, they're well to live their hope. Like those are heavy things, right? Yeah. Like I, it scares crap out of me still does. Um, and that's just something that, um, I walked into Shane was like, when I was at pool breaking it to Shane, my sweet husband, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and he asked me all the right questions, right? Like, they're just like, do you like, you know, is it a fear of failure with, you know, being a doctor? And I was just like, no, it's, it's not that. Um, and like, he asked me this really poignant question as he always says, he was like, well, what, what happens if you go through this and 10 years from now, you're like, man, I should have been a doctor. And I'm just like, in my head, I was like, no, my, like, when you say that, I think of it the other way around. I feel like if I didn't do it, I'd be like, man, I should have done ministry. And that was the first time I had ever in my life defended against being a doctor, mm. which ironically, I end up, end up doing it anyway, because I'm getting my doctorate in religious ethics. <laughs> Just not that kind of doctor. It's not that kind of doctor. But it's wow. still a doctor. <laughs> so yeah. Well, again, you you still, I'm I'm tracking with you every step of the way here. So, again, I met you at a general conference briefing mm -hmm. in 2020. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So and and. If I'm correct, if we had had General Conference 2020, mm -hmm. that would have been your first time in the General Conference space. Would that have been your first time? Yes. It, it was General Conference, I'm sorry, was um, jurisdictional 
conference this past November, your first jurisdictional yes. conference? Yes. Okay, so then you were were you in the room at General Conference 2019 or were you at no. home? No, I was in I was actually at, in seminary watching like with our watch party from our um our space that we have. Um yeah. like like one of the break spaces basically. Yeah. Um and we I was watching like we were all waiting for the vote and yeah. it was on live stream. So yeah. I'm curious when you saw that the traditional plan had passed, what was the feeling in the room? Oh, it, well, there number one, there weren't that many people in the room because, you know, everybody was doing their certain classes and all of that. But for the people who were in the room, there was kind of this shock um in the room kind of solemn um but it it was one of those things so I'll, I'll tell you this Derek like when um when we were trying to like when I was learning about all the things that were happening I didn't really know that much about general conference at that point um because I had just started to really learn about Methodism and its uh, mechanisms um polity wise um maybe about a year before mm -hmm. and um and especially with you know the you know the specific um thing of d the different plans that were um yeah. um going about right mm -hmm. and um one thing that i was saying i'm like given like i i mean i have queer family members i'm like i need to figure out whether i'm going to stay in the united methodist church or not yeah um and I'm like, I'm gonna see based off of, you know, what I see at general conference, whether I still feel called to that. Mm -hmm. However, the responses afterward that we saw, like the, the, the impassioned pleas, like the fire that I saw, like in each, person that was coming up like the the fight for the um the minority report to be mm -hmm. um put forward it was those sparks that i saw i was like oh no there's something still there mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. i i just felt this shift of like oh there's some holy holy spirit moment happening like there's some some chains breaking right yeah. now like they may i'm like like they may like y'all may not have felt that or seen that i'm like but i i visibly felt i'm like oh there there's there's something about to go down hmm. like i'm like i hmm. i mean while it was very like i mean I, yes i i was very solemn for that i was like there's yeah, this, this is ridiculous. But like, I had so much hope based off of the fervor in the reaction to it. Yeah. From those who were coming up to the podium still. Um, and I'm like, I, I, at that point, I was just like, if I leave the UMC, what church am I leaving? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. if there aren't people to fight for it, then how is mm -hmm. that going to impact other people? Right. 
you know, um, I like I believed in like in terms of the polity, I think that we have such a great opportunity to really be that tangible global church that's connectional. Mm -hmm. Like we have so much possibility there. Um, but I'm like, if there are people like me, like them that were to leave the church and not fight, um, I feel like I would be doing more harm. Wow. So, um, and I, I remember that in that specific moment. And I was just like, I can stay in here because there are people like that who are still fighting. Hmm. Um, and I felt good. I felt good with that. Um, but y'all were incredibly inspiring to at least I can just say for myself. Like, mm. I was just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't think that they're ready for uh, for us young young folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. But we yeah. coming. I'm like, oh, I don't, th I don't think they're ready. Because <laughs> like, mm. I'm like, oh, I, I'm like, there was, and like, and it was honestly, it was from all kinds. Like, it wasn't just from the the young people. Like, it was from all kinds of different angles. Like, mm -hmm. um, which was beautiful to see of like um, the defense um, of that. Um, but yeah, I just. I truly felt I'm like if I'm like if that spark is still there then there's still fight for the United Methodist Church. Shandon there's so many things that I want to keep talking about. What I want to I want to push us forward. Um, a lot happened after annual conference season 2019. A lot happened. We had a protocol, and mm -hmm. then COVID, and then mm -hmm. postponed, and then postponed, and then postponed, and then launching with DMC. <laughs> and then we're gonna do jurisdictional conference before we get the general conference. And it's your first jurisdictional conference, right? Yay! Yeah. Okay. And so I'm just telling you what it was like over in SCJ world mm -hmm. to be in the middle of SCJ stuff and to find out that SCJ in the first ballot. Yes, Lord. Elects all three of their Episcopal leaders. Oh, yes. Okay. Tell me what I did not know about because I wasn't in the room. Tell me. Oh. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of work behind the scenes of making that happen, um, especially in terms of, um, I would say, a cross-jurisdictional effort to mm. ensure, like, just um, kind of that meeting of the minds type mm -hmm. of thing, you know, um, of being able to to share um, back and forth um, on our ideas for Episcopal candidacy. Um, and I just remember being in like, say this strategy room, so to speak, and looking around and being like, I think we've got the votes to get this done. Like, I think we got the votes. <laughs> And 
was just like, all right, we're just sticking to our plan. You know, like I was like, I if you know, obviously vote your conscience. Like that, that's the way that, especially with like with our North Texas conference, we vote our conscience no matter what. Like we don't vote as a, a block. Um, we vote our conscience. Um, however, being in the room when we're like, you know, we're going to put our little, our little votes in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, sitting there waiting to see what the, uh, what comes up and then hearing, and we have three elections, like the explosive, like surprise slash exclamation slash joyfulness glory sound mm. <laughs> that exclaimed from our mouths mm. like <gasps> like that literally and we saw the the post of the three bishops, our first indigenous bishop ever in the United mm -hmm. Methodist Church, our first black female bishop, and another female bishop. Mm -hmm. All of them, you know, just representing the complete diversity of our church. All three of them elected first ballot, like... Derek, we broke out in doxology, hmm. right? We we all start like started spontaneously singing "Praise God from whom all blessings flow" in all of the church kid harmonies <laughs> <laughs> in all parts. Okay, like wow. and I'm feeling I, this as you're it, talking about it. Oh. It, it it it. I I have to say, it was one of the most holy experiences I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. I, 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 I'm, shoot, I'm about to weep right now. Like all of us were weeping. We were, I, I looked over at my, uh, my senior pastor, uh, Clayton, who's also the head of delegation and like, you know, his, like, you can see like there were tears. <laughs> oh no, Clayton wasn't in the room. That's right. You know, like he said that he's in the Episcopacy committee. So like, no, but like, or I was real quick, you know, like in and out. But like it was, I looked at everybody and we're all like embracing one another. I'm sh I know that we've got video of each other being like, yeah, we did it. Um, and I just remember, I'm like, see, this is what it's like when you do holy conferencing. This is holy conferencing. This is what it means to do. And, and if, mm. if, South Central jurisdiction can do it, then anybody can do it. We, okay? We've got some hope. We've got some hope. We've got some hope. Like yeah. you talk about hope for the church. Yeah. Like, and honestly, it's just um, seeing, I say, seeing the fruits of collaborative labor across jurisdictions without being in silos. That's what we saw as a result being able to be of one accord for our episcopacy i feel like that's that's really that's really how it happened um and it was an amazing experience um yeah and we're like all the newbies are like oh that's all 
That's all we gotta do. <laughs> well, y'all did a little bit more. Y'all did a little bit. We did. <laughs> <laughs> was a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that was. I mean, the the reports that we were getting, it just it did it did sound like a very miraculous. It was. Moment. <laughs> it absolutely was. Um, but like the rest of us, you also had some resolutions. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little more of what it was like presenting those resolutions um, mm. and just what, what sort of what was the discernment and the conferencing around that. Um. Sure. Um, so yeah, there were three resolutions that were uh, presented um, one that was um, kind of a call to integrity. Um, and that was actually, uh, we were trying to figure out um, in our strategy team who would be um, the person to bring it forth. Um, and I guess I was, <laughs> I was asked like, oh, could you do it? I, I, <laughs> like, I guess they saw something. I guess they saw someone. I guess they saw someone. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, I, I'm like, um, y'all, I've I've never done this before, but okay, we'll we'll go and do this. But I mean, the thing is, it it is something that I was really passionate about, and so um, I was willing to do that and um, go ahead and bring forward the resolution. Um, and quite honestly, it's. You know the resolution's super simple. It's just like the the people who are making decisions about the United Methodist Church and its future need to be made by individuals who are committed to the United Methodist Church. You know, like it's pretty simple. Um, it's it wasn't about you know it being a progressive or centrist or traditional issue it's about like it's about your heart it's a heart issue on whether your heart and your actions and your ethics are still with the united methodist church or if it's all the way it's already halfway out the door because this this affects both lives and livelihoods it's not about just property or things like that um so if people were still in discernment on whether they wanted to be a part of this denomination or not, um, what the resolution was basically saying is to recuse yourself, you know, like from those positions that affect things that have to do with the United Methodist Church, like uh, including, you know, local church, district, conference, jurisdictional general church, committees, boards, agencies, delegations, Episcopal leadership, all of the above, right? Right. Um, right. It, it's all about, you know, that wholeness and healing relationships. Um, and I, I mean, overwhelmingly passed, all of them overwhelmingly passed, <laughs> um, which was a shock. <laughs> um, I could tell you with the, um, like the, uh, the other one was uh, essentially for that. Um, well, if it was the U.S. jurisdictional U.S. US, regional, US conference. regional conference. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, mm -hmm. U.S. regional conference. You know, obviously that passed um, easy. But the like the last one, the queer resolution um, that um, called to basically uplift the queer delegates. 
Um, surprisingly, there was nobody who came up to the podium to give a no. Interesting. There was no one. No one came up. No, no speeches. No, there were no, no speeches. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I um, know, though, that there was a call for ruling of law yes. on the queer delegates. Yes, it um, was. Yes, there was. And um, and that, like, specifically, that call to the, um, to give it forward to the Judicial Council, um, my heart went out to that person because I could hear in her voice that she felt like the bad guy. Hmm. Um, she... I remember her coming up and saying, I know that y'all won't believe me. I know that y'all won't believe me that I love my brothers and sisters. I know that you'll just think that I'm, you know, X, Y, Z, but um, I'm calling this like, you know, the rule of law for blah, blah, blah. And um I just remember saying, cause I was really close to uh, where she was speaking. And I was just like, I looked up and I, I was, you know, obviously I'm still crying about the fact that it passed, you know, like, but I was, I was just like, I believe you. I believe he was like, mm. that, like, she, oh, I remember her saying, she's like, I know that y'all don't, like y'all won't believe that I love like, you know, LGBTQ people, like, I know that you won't. I was just like, I believe that, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, and I did. And it just so happened um, later on, you know, while we, you know, we broke into like a break and I kept on, uh, like, I was asking a friend, I was just like, have you, have you seen her? Cause I'm like, I wanted to talk with her mm -hmm. and she happened across my path. And I was just like, excuse me. And I ran to go and talk to her. I was just like, hey, like, I need you to know, like, you need to be in our church. Like, we like, we believe you when you say that you that you love your church. Like, hmm. we, we need you here. And her, like, the way she looked at me, and she was just like, thank you. And she gave me the biggest hug. Like, like she truly needed it. Um, again, a very holy, holy moment. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm the, those who voted no on all three of those resolutions were the very, very small minority. <laughs> and I know what it's like. <laughs> to be the one person in the room. Yeah. And yeah. regardless of what side you're on, it's not a fun side to be on. And this is probably for one of the first times that they've been on that side. Mm -hmm. You know, um but like I it it was those moments that do give me hope for the church that just if we can work towards conversation and building relationship and understanding where people are coming from, that we can move forward towards um, transforming the world yeah. around us, right? Yeah.
Wow. You know, Shannon, I um, I appreciate you sharing that particular part of the jurisdictional mm -hmm. conference story because, and, and I appreciate what you said to this, this person that we, we want you, we need you in our church. Um, and I, I, because I, we will have to do a lot of work. I think it's a lot yeah, of work. A lot of to, work. Would we say we, and, and this is where some of us in the centrist progressive coalition are not in agreement, but right. when we say we want a big tent. Yes. When we say that we, we want you, like what you said earlier, I want to learn from people who don't see the world the way that I do. Yes. At some point, those people who don't see the world the way that we do don't vote with us in yes. the conference, right? Yes. And and therefore, that's the moment that you know now you know people can't see me with my air quotes. Yeah. Now we are in the air quotes majority, possibly at least mm -hmm. in the U.S. portion of the UMC. How we treat those in the minority, yes, will be its own witness. Yes, and and we know what it's like to mm -hmm. be in the minority and to be mm -hmm. treated a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. And so now it will be, you know, those of us who will walk into General Conference twenty twenty four, we we've got to de determine what kind of witness we we want to bring particularly to those who know they're in a minority on some of the issues that we're facing. So I just, I really appreciate that part of the story because that part of the story will get missed yes. in the three uh, Episcopal leaders elected in one ballot and all of our resolutions passing with the majority. Mm -hmm. And you have this one person who says, I know that you won't believe me yeah. that I love you. And, we can talk about intent and impact. We can talk sure. about that. What sure. you say is love doesn't necessarily get experienced as love. But right. we, sure. we, we do need to make some room for the genuine person who is on their journey. Yes. And trying yes. And, and, and trying to stay at the table as much as we just want to see at that same table. So right. I, that's Derek commentary. That's not what this no, podcast really is about. But No, that's it. That That is absolutely I, it. I appreciate you bringing that part of the story. Um, and so I know that some of the conversations that are happening right now are around what does it mean for, you know, over 400 Texas congregations across these different uh, conferences to be disaffiliating and what that means for the jurisdiction, what that means for uh, annual conferences. And I even saw a notification this week that there's an intentional effort. I don't know if this, uh, if you're a part of this at all, but there's an intentional effort for, I think, Central Texas and another couple of conferences to actually be in conversation, possibly about some merging and stuff like that. Tell, what do you know about any of this that I'm talking about? Again, not my jurisdiction. And yeah, so, sure. what do you know? How, give us a little sure. bit of the landscape around that particular piece of this. Sure. Um, I can tell you. So I'm on the boundaries committee for the South Central jurisdiction. Um, and obviously disaffiliation is one of the biggest things that, you know, that really impacts our our potential boundaries. Um, I think the biggest thing, because, you know, obviously we have the ability to, you know, redraw lines 
um, with um, with the jurisdiction um, throughout the jurisdiction for different annual conferences. Um, however, we have to kind of figure out how to balance, you know, not only balance the disaffiliation, but also capitalize on the opportunity to really focus on mission, mm. right? Mm. Um, yes, we have disaffiliations, but we also have people who are still here and we still have the opportunity to really have our church planters step up and really lean into the different missions that maybe we weren't able to do before because we weren't as nimble right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um there's a, there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this um and there are um some conversations about um you know like um given we could only elect a certain amount of uh, Episcopal leaders. Um, we want to be able to set up our bishops for success, right? right. <laughs> Not have right. them over like 10 different things, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. um, so like, how do you spread these out? Um, but I, at least, um, at least for the work, I think I can speak for those who are a part of the boundaries committee. Um, we're really looking at what like um because there there was an actual report that was done before before covid of trying to look at boundaries in a more missional way hmm. however we had the pandemic pandemic changed everything and so yeah. we we um me being the scientist that i am i'm like we really need to relook at what our demographics are period in our in our jurisdiction and in our different Episcopal areas and see where the need is now, if there are new needs that need to be addressed and how can we pool resources to be able to make this mission be successful, right? Like we have that opportunity when, when we have this upheaval to really take a look at that. Now, does that mean that we go and put a bomb to it and like be like, wait, we can go and draw new lines? I don't necessarily think so, but, um, you know, we're looking to see like, are there natural affinities that we haven't necessarily looked at? This is an opportunity to look at some of those um maybe there's some changes of cultural affinity that we haven't thought of or you know hey like wouldn't it be nice if the gulf coast could share resources you know like just like thinking about mm. all the hurricanes and things yeah. that have come, like all the natural disasters that we've been having in our jurisdiction like how do we more effectively look at that you know like so there's a lot of different ways that you can um, try to make these puzzle parts fit. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, right. But yeah, um, there and there are different, um, I'd say that there are different annual conferences that are looking um, at least at what a relationship could look like. Um, none of them are necessarily set in stone from what I understand. Um, but like, they're basically trying to gather all the information that they can to make the right decision. I appreciate you sharing that. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. I think there's uh, obviously going to be a lot of that technical mm -hmm. work. Um, mm -hmm. 
And here's what's really cool is that you get to be a part of that technical work. Um, I'm so stoked. <laughs> I mean, like, this is my jam. And how great it. that it is. I mean, I do I do wonder, Shannon, I know that because of our delays in, in general conference, your sort of track um, mm -hmm. towards ministry in, mm -hmm. in the ordained space has been delayed. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I wonder as well, how do you, it's all speculation, okay? So, um, but I just wonder, you know, had you been clergy at this point mm -hmm. or deep in the process, mm -hmm. would we be able to leverage your scientific, technical expertise in the way that we are able to right now? And I'm just, I don't, I mean, yes, possibly, but there's, there is this thing that happens to clergy sometimes where <laughs> we just limit y'all to the pulpit, <laughs> and, and right? And then the lay folk have to come up and like, I got an accounting degree. Like, um, at least I hope. Yeah, at least I, hope. I hope you're leveraging your accounting. Yeah, yeah, we account. are. We most but, definitely But, you know, so I just think, I, and so that leads me to, you know, um, and again, we could do this. We could, we could do this all night. Um, <laughs> I think it's, profound that you are a person um, and we, you and I are, are close in age. We are people who are involved in the shaping of a church that we inherit. Yes. As opposed to shaping a church that we, that we give. That Pass we along. Give, yes. that, yeah. We are, we are helping shape a church. You are literally on a team that is, thinking about the boundaries of a conference that you will serve in. Yes. You got some runway ahead of you like, mm -hmm. in Jesus name, you know? In and so not to say that, you know, grateful for those who have been general conference delegates, you know, five times and those who've been serving in our congregations in many different ways, laity and clergy for decades. Yes, 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 yes. And also the beautiful gift that it is that the future of the church is serving the church right now. Mm. I'm just curious, does that, how does that land for you? Um, do you think about that often? Like where, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on the future of the church leading right now? Yes, um, so this is going to sound real selfish, um, but, for for me, like th this is part of the reason why I decided to run for general conference, um, knowing that I was going to serve this church, that I've been called to serve this church. Um, I felt like we needed more contextual policies to be able for to allow me like myself to be able to do the work that God has called me to do. Um, because in some senses I'm, I'm constrained by that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's true. Like in doing this work, I'm very, very aware that having very constrictive, <laughs> um, legislation impacts the hands and feet on the ground and what we do we may you may not see it necessarily like 
our local churches may not necessarily feel it, especially those that might be more affluent, mm. but they impact the everyday. And, you know, if I'm able to use the gifts that God's given me in my past life, quote unquote, <laughs> to kind of help shape that and, you know, help follow into the call that God has for me. So be it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, God's, God's really provided so much for me to be able to, to not get, be commissioned for mm -hmm. it will be four years. Mm -hmm. Um, like, so, um, I, I mean, I, I have dreams for this church. When I first heard about the polity of the United Methodist Church, when I read the book of discipline, I mean, how many, how many lay folk can they say that they read the book of discipline? <laughs> how, <laughs> like, many, how many clergy folk can say they read the book? Keep going, too. keep going, keep going. Say that too. <laughs> but like, just like, just being inspired by, so for example, the, the social principles that were going to be going up for 2020, like that's the church I want to be a part of. The, yeah. I like, so I think of resolutions put forth by my sisters of United Women in Faith of the Racial Justice Charter, mm -hmm. for example that's within our book of resolutions, that if we actually followed what it said, like what kind of church would it be as somebody who feels called to build and plant multi-ethnic churches <laughs> in the full sense of the word, yeah. not just multiracial yeah. or multicultural, like multi-ethnic and yeah. race, gender, whatever, I I need the church to be able to create polity that allows for flexibility and mm. for having room for the spirit to allow it to breathe. Yeah. Um, wow. we we get bogged down in a lot of this, you know, legalism. And I think that it is come to a time where we've we've lost the spirit piece of you know how how, how god works um because we're we're looking like to the letter on these different types of things um our book of discipline should be a lot <laughs> thinner um, especially if we say that our annual conference are the basic unit of our church uh, we need to be able to have policy that will help uplift and empower them to do the work that God is calling them to do in whatever context that they're in, especially when we're looking at a global church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, working on <laughs> working on the church that I plan on serving is, yeah. um, it, it weighs heavily on my heart. It's the reason why I postponed my commissioning, to be honest, um, because it's important work. Because if I'm commissioned and I'm constricted in being able to do the work that I'm called to do, like what, why am I even in the role, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So.
Wow. Yeah. Shannon, what what what's your hope? What's your hope for the church? Mm, my hope for the church is that we truly lean into our mission to create disciples, all types of disciples in whatever context mm -hmm. that they may be in, wherever they come from, from whoever they love mm -hmm. for the transformation of the world, wow. um, to actually follow the wonderful resolutions that we already have in all of our annual conferences about um, about racial inequity of seeking to uproot oppression in whatever way that it presents itself, living into our baptismal vows and to have that reawakening of the spirit so that we can really grow into something new and not be afraid of it. Shandon Klein, you are a gift to the church. Oh, you're sweet. You really are. You are too. Thank you so much for the honor of being on your podcast. You are doing some amazing things with this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener. Like it, it's, it's so great. So yeah, cool. thank you for all you're doing. hope you enjoyed the episode. Bar of the Conference is produced by the team at Wesley's Revival, a ministry of Studio Wesley. Subscribe to this show on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or Google platforms so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks for joining us, and see you next time.